Brought to you by yeah. the by the numbers nine and zero, yeah. the nineteen nineties. <laughs> uh, I'm your host Brett Elston, along with two the two biggest fans of Lost Vikings in the county. Wait, what? Uh, yes, hi, I'm Henry Gilbert, Christopher Antista, having uh, Lost Vikings Virgin. Wow, man. yeah, I, but man. I feel like I've been around you talking about it enough. Oh man, what a game! So this is episode one hundred and eleven. Yet mm-hmm. this is one of the games that I was like. Four and a half years ago at this point was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll definitely do a Lost Vikings episode soon. And it just occurred to me, not only have I not done one yet, but I was trying to figure out what to do next. And lo and behold, this week is Blizzard's 25th anniversary. Whoa. Yeah. So this seemed like a good time, or at least the month of February 2016 is uh, 25th anniversary for Blizzard Entertainment. <laughs> and uh, the well, there's a lot to unpack here, but this is one of those games that like I love the game. Uh We'll be streaming it on our uh, live streams on on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash lasertime. It's a game I've played through many, many times and really enjoy. And the archive's on youtube.com slash network At some point in the future. Uh, but the, the song that brought us in is the title screen to Lost Vikings 1, uh, which is that amazing... It starts I like I wasn't clear what decade we, this yeah. was released in. Ninety two. Oh, that's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So this is one of their earliest games, then. So yeah, on the Blizzard side, this is a nineteen ninety two game developed by Silicon and Synapse. Uh, let me let that plane just finish, Does that pick up. Finish doing whatever the hell it's doing. Uh, just circling. I didn't know there were gyrocopters in SF, but apparently there are. They just hover above your house. Uh, developed by Silicon and Synapse, uh, which would go on to become Blizzard. Mm-hmm. There's the buzzsaw. Uh, and the blizzard. <laughs> this is the worst place. You can close the window. Uh, why start now? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is going to become Blizzard, uh, which is now part of Activision Blizzard, and then, you know, one of the biggest entertainment companies that there is. It, and it kind if of. You want to talk about inauspicious beginnings. Like, yes. none of their games would lead you to believe they'd be one of the leading developers yeah. in the universe. No and offense to be, Lost Vikings. That they would be worth billions, yeah. and that they'd be so big that they can tell. Acti- they seem to be able to tell Activision what to do yeah. in that side. Well, at least with. Like, when it comes to StarCraft and WarCraft, it's mm. just like, we're going to do what we want to do. Yeah, we'll put it out when we want to, and it'll go out. I want to do yeah. what I want. That's a, that's a wonderful life still left in my head. Not in this show. Yeah. Uh, but, so, th- oh. this, like, Lost Vikings, <laughs> Lost Vikings and two other games that are kind of the same game were their first homegrown hits. The company got started doing ports of other mm-hmm. games, but their first game that that I think that Silicon and Synapse actually made was called RPM Racing, which was Radical Psycho Machines. Yeah! Now, I played it a lot, and it was a three-quarter racing game. Uh, uh, one of those, like, RC Pro-Am type things. Yeah, RC Pro-Am style, tra- uh, track editor and all that. And then, I think a year later, Rock and Roll Racing shows up. Mm. And it is the same game. But <laughs> yeah. they're like, what if instead it was all MIDI versions, Super NES versions of uh, Black, Black Sabbath, Sabbath songs and... Deep uh, Purple. Yeah. Mm. What if it's just that? And we give it all a bunch of... Uh, you know, space metal uh, aesthetic. And Sounds it, like a good deal to me. And that became a huge hit, and this that was only shortly after Lost Vikings. So all of Blizzard kind of comes from rock and roll racing, which we covered in, strangely enough, the very first VG Empire in the yeah. year 1983. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We might end up talking about it soon on, on uh, 302010, because, like, uh, Blizzard acquiring all these studios to make what Blizzard... The Blizzard mm. we know today happened... Twenty? Uh, Would it be twenty years ago? Uh, I mean, not 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 Synapse and whatever, yeah. but like it became like Chaos Entertainment for a period, and yes, then it became Blizzard. It was Blizzard North, and oh, I think they yeah. all became consolidated. I again, we'll figure it out by thirty twenty. Sure, uh, which is our pop culture <laughs> time capsule That's show. That's right. So if you're, check it out on thirty every Thursday ish on. It's on Thursday, Laser except time. for the last one, the last one that I missed, which it went up on Friday. <laughs> I'm sure it was still Thursday in Hawaii. Everything's uh, fine. Sure, you don't want to beat me up over it. Uh, this one moment. The title screen that brought us in the music is Charles Deenan, uh, and I think this is his uh, his first game of note that you would know is MC Kids, the Mick Kids, Mick Kids, which is good music. Oh, yeah, like shout out to that game, uh, and then right into Lost Vikings. So he got two great soundtracks under his belt quickly, but then. He worked on conversions, uh, like soundtrack conversions and sound effects for mm-hmm. games like Double Dragon, Another World, and Fallout 1. 
arrangements of music or sound effects. Uh, he then went on to be like a sound editor for Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the movie. 2008, 2008's what? Incredible Hulk movie. Wow. Uh, supervising sound editor on Star Wars Battlefront. Wow. So he, that had great sound in it. Oh, so, beautiful. Yeah. So it's he didn't continue necessarily composing into the you know in the 21st century, mm-hmm. but he has remained attached to a lot of yeah. sound work, um, which we dabble in audio on the on the you know most babyish of levels, mm-hmm. and the idea of what a project file has to look like for Star Wars Battlefront. <laughs> I can't even. I don't want to. Wow. It, it's, it's to have to deal with all those like copywritten laser yeah. sound effects yeah. and have to get them into the right place with well, the, yeah. Yeah. and just develop uh, like positional sound of like oh if I'm standing slightly to the left does it pan a little I don't mm-hmm. know all what would a speeder bike sound like from over here yeah that's the Jetson oh but, my bad um, <laughs> but that title screen that brought us in it is such a Viking like Valhalla and when you turn it on you're like okay I get it and then it does that beautiful. <laughs> That is so... And that sets the tone for the (laughs) whole game. Yes. uh, The whole game sounds like that. (laughs) And it is such a beautiful time capsule in that regard from the music. Uh. And it is so nice. It's 90s in the same way that Streets of Rage is clearly from the 90s. But this is like in a... Almost meta commentary version of it, where well, it's, it's like it's, it's this. A, it, this music makes no sense for Vikings, isn't that funny? It's a Western approach to the yeah. '90s, which is, you don't have a lot to juxtapose with when you think of mm-hmm. the games we played in the '90s were well, almost all Japanese. No Western development, especially in the early '90s. Yeah. Western development was like a bit behind Japanese development in, in general, and Blizzard well, was especially one in North America first. at least. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Europe it, had stuff left over. Like, people still going from yeah. the C64 days. Yeah, that, well, meanwhile in America there was like there were definitely you know Sierra, LucasArts, they were doing yeah, great yeah, work yeah, on yeah, PC. Yeah, yeah. But it took on consoles, especially like who was ma- like Virgin like, Interactive, like, Dave, like Boy and His Blob from David Crane. Yeah, exactly. If you're, I have a policy to this day. If your game is designed in Europe. Mm. <laughs> Throw it in syrup. I could, if anybody can come up with anything better, it's a contest I'm announcing. I'll follow you on Twitter. I mean, playing oh. those rare, playing the rare replay set of really just like, here's everything before Nintendo <laughs> showed up and said, no, this is trash. Don't make everything isometric. This show like, is not here to trash on European games, guys. Let's suck it, Sinclair! America let's, number one! Let's talk about Lost Vikings. USA! God USA. damn it, this country sucks. Um... So, Lost Vikings, you may or may not know, is a puzzle platformer. There are three Vikings. Baleog, or Baylog, I forget how you actually pronounce the Viking Nor- uh, Nordic men are superiors. Is that I need to that? shop at Ikea more to yeah. tell you that. Uh, Olaf, Baleog, and Eric the Swift. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> the idea is Eric can run and jump and can kind of headbutt walls, but he can't attack and has no defense. Really? Baleog can swing a sword and shoot arrows from afar, but mm-hmm. can't block and can't jump. And Olaf can block anything with his shield, including mm-hmm. things crushing you from above, but he can't jump, and he has no offensive ability. But he can also hold the uh, shield above his head and float and, like, f- glide. Interesting right at the beginning, Blizzard exploring a class system. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a single-player game, though. About, yeah, and it's multitasking as well, which yeah. would be big in their RTS game. Yeah, so it's like you use LNR to switch between the three Vikings, and you solve, like, how to get to the end, and none of them can die. And then you have to figure it out. And I found this super compelling as a, as a you know, 11, 10, 11, 12 year old and mm-hmm. just like fell in love with this game immediately. And the, the whole summer of 93, I remember just playing this over and over and over again. But uh, that's kind of the game in a nutshell. Like it just iterates on that idea of like more complicated puzzles. And then, of course, every, I think it's every seven or eight levels, maps maybe, you go to a new themed world. And the themed mm-hmm. worlds make no sense of why you well, are where you are because they're abducted by what's clearly a scroll. Yeah. <laughs> and his name is like Tomator or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just like kidnaps the Vikings off of prehistoric Earth. Mm-hmm. Not prehistoric, but yeah, like he's older. He's emperor of the alien Crotonian Empire. Yes. According and to Wikipedia. They just get flung around through time and space. And that's why they're the Lost Vikings, because mm-hmm. they're just bouncing around. Well, I like that. You know, Time Splitters has that same trick oh, of. Yeah. Uh, look, there's bandits. no dedicated, there's no dedicated to, like levels to this. We're just gonna go. Sure. We'll just have a neat idea, and you'll jump to one or the other. Well, how do you do that? Time travel. Time Who cares? Travel. It's they, very they video travel in time. Yeah. So this game also has an interesting uh, like history in that it was initially published mm-hmm. by Interplay, uh, which of Clay Fighter fame. Well, yeah, Interplay. No like I eventually met the president of Interplay, and you I did? think I still have his card. 
But it's just weird because like Interplay is this company that is tangentially related to so many huge things, but mm-hmm. is not. But is itself yeah. not huge. So example, it seem to like sign exclusive agreements with the things that it published. I guess it's like they must like things slip through their fingers or something. Well, or, I think they were pretty good talent scouts. Yeah, maybe or that's because like I wrote it down here like. Uh, they published Lost Vikings for Blizzard in the first place. Mm-hmm. They published Another World slash Out of This World. Yeah. Clay Fighter. They published Earth Baldur's Earth. Gate for Bioware in the first... In like wow. M- several several Baldur's Gates. They had a hand... Uh, they published Descent and all the Descent games. I think they own that IP. So, I said that's Earthworm Jim. That, that's correct. Earthworm Jim. They, right. they had a hand in getting mm-hmm. that off the ground. They had a hand in, in the Fallout 1. That's and, the big one. Fallout like, 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. They eventually had to get sued yeah. by yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bethesda to get Fallout... Yeah, like, there's there. so many touch tones, but today ten employees. Really, <laughs> I am uh, shocked it's still open. According to the wiki, mm-hmm. um, well, they, they recently kickstarted a Descent prequel, and Descent is a like omnidirectional. In the days, it made day, me very dizzy. In the days of FPS games, it was like, well, what can we do better than Doom? It's like, well, what if you can look up and down? Okay, well, now what if you can? What if you're a spaceship and it's first person shooter, but you can like move in like six directions and you're three dimensional? First first person shooters, anything to have a commercial that I can remember. Mm. So I think I found that I never saw a commercial for Doom ever. Right, um, but just with this, this was coming to N sixty four too. Yeah, when it came to it? PlayStation, you might be thinking advertised. of Forsaken. I. Have, no, I this, might well, be. The future is it's forsaken. forsaken. The it future is, is forsaken. The future is forsaken. That might be what I'm thinking. Yeah. I don't think it but is. But Interplay <laughs> also had a lot of not good games. And they sure. were famous for... I, I remember hearing from um, one games journalist saying that uh, Interplay means I don't play. That was what, that was his saying for that. As in they're inexperienced? I, I get it. No, as in I won't play. I won't play. Interplay, like, play, I won't like, play. But like growing up in the early 90s, like I associate Interplay with like, oh, I probably like this. Because yeah. I liked Out of This World and I liked Lost Vikings. So I'm like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't think Blizzard's logo is even at the beginning of, the, of Lost Vikings. It's been so long since I've played it lately. Well, because it didn't exist. Or well, it's Silicon and Synapse. What am, yeah. I, what am I talking about? Uh, but Blackthorn, which would come out two years after this, mm-hmm. I think does have a Blizzard logo. Yes. Uh, and the Vikings in it. And the Vikings. Apparently. Uh, and Blackthorn? Yeah, the, well, in the 32X version, they oh. show up in a secret area uh, on the, in the second level. We'll talk about their cameos in a second. Oh, uh, Well, I didn't know that one. So that's, <laughs> that's good to have. But we'll do two songs really quick. First is the space area. This is the first place the Vikings end up is a spaceship. So it's suitably 1991 dancey yeah. music. Like you could, it's by London Beat or it's by LaBouche. Uh, that's more <laughs> That's more mid-90s. What am I talking about? But uh, I, I like the song. So the space area. And after that is the Egyptian area because Ooh, why not? It's a video game, the 1990s. Yes, uh, and again, it starts with this on on theme opening. So it's like, oh, it's the Egypt stage. So there's a and then so you'll get the, the oh, man. record scratching in. Um, but we'll uh, go to these two songs again. Composer is Charles Deenan. This is Lost Viking Space Area and Egyptian Area. <laughs>
Does kind of have a remember the time, yeah, dude. This it. is this is a wonderful time capsule. Yeah, because I mean, I, remember not, the time was a music video set in <laughs> in Egypt. So. But like the the, the the music Japanese game music of the '90s doesn't so much reflect '90s music, right? It that, does. It harkens to a period that I'm very familiar with of how Japanese envisioned just the future in all of its games via the '90s. This is reflective of '90s pop music. Oh, it's so it's like America, yeah, West, or Western at least hip hop dance music. That's especially that first one. It sounds like the Mortal Kombat theme played on a calculator. <laughs> it's great, um, but yeah, like that Egyptian song. Like the, we list, I played this game so much, and this is one of those things where I, I was listening to most of the game music anyway at this point, and like recording it off of tapes and holding them up to boombox up to the TV. Mm-hmm. But eventually, when I played a game as much as I played this, and being super into other things like Nightmare Before Christmas mm-hmm. or uh, Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. there was a point where my friend and I we would just mute the game mm-hmm. and listen to the Jurassic Park soundtrack on cassette over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And there was one one magical time where I was playing this stage in the Egyptian area mm-hmm. and you're supposed to, as Olaf, it's only Olaf because the other guys can't go in this area mm-hmm. and he's huge and all he can do is glide with his uh, shield and like have a controlled descent and you have to like grab these ladders at the last possible second and climb up to get you know enough altitude to mm-hmm. make like a hang glider and the, the floor is all spikes. So... <laughs> You have to do this perfectly. And I was like hemming and hawing over when to jump, when to go, when to go, when to go. And then as I leap off, the Jurassic Park theme kicks up in full. (laughs) And we laughed for at least two years (laughs) because we just kept trying to recreate that moment and have it happen naturally. But then would be like, let me fast forward just a minute. Uh, Let me rewind it back to that. And just did that over and over and over again. Just the stupid things you think are entertaining. When uh, you're a kid, this my was G- a magical theme. My G chat, it's grim again. <laughs> yep. All right, I'm just. Do you have a funny gif? I don't care. I'm closing. <laughs> I'm closing it. It's rude. It's probably a tweet being mean about video games. <laughs> games are dumb. Lost Viking of- sucks. <laughs> um, after that, uh, you mentioned uh, the Blackthorn uh, cameo. Blackthorn. And they have many, many cameos, which is why, like, it's strange how. I mean, it's not strange. It's nice how much yeah. Blizzard has kept this in their yeah. minds because. Yeah. It was their first, I'd say, big hit. Mm-hmm. Um, it paid their bills so they could exist to make a Warcraft yeah. game. Mm-hmm. So, like, and yeah, uh, they most recently showed up in Heroes of the Storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, and the, the trailer for them is kind of cute. It's them on a boat, and they're voiced, and they're doing goofy things. So, one day I wake up to find that me and my friends are lost. Oh, they're doing super oh, exaggerated accents, by the sure. way. Ah, 
again. No one said it was your fault, Olaf. But if there's one thing we're good at, it's getting lost. No, Baylock, we're good at. And they fall down a cliff. Um, but yeah, they came out. And I like that they even got a CG. They make great. Dude, Blizzard makes Blizzard, great CG. Blizzard More money was forever. spent on that trailer than was spent on like let's say Metroid in the last three years. Mm, uh, <laughs> and that Blizzard is just slowly becoming DreamWorks with all its voiceovers and trailers. Yeah, I, I, I did like that. That Lost Vikings. I was trying to look up its uh, review scores and uh, became very depressed at how many publications don't exist anymore that scored Lost Vikings. All of them. <laughs> All of them don't exist. Wow. Um, who originally scored them. But GamePro gave it a 4.5 out of 5. High praise. Doesn't an EGM still exist somewhere? Oh, does like, it? Because they gave it an 8. No, no, I wait, mean, you don't one. probably want to get it, but it There might exists. be new. It did come out for GBA. Some mm-hmm. of those might yes. still be around. Mm-hmm. Well, that, it got a Game Boy Advance port in 2003, back when Blizzard got back the rights to it from, from Interplay. Like, oh, they, per- God, the- they purchased it back. By the way, I was looking on the... On uh, the wiki page for this, uh, for it, and I saw the designer. Designers listed as Ron Miller, who was a name I didn't know. But uh, let me just say, whoever is in charge of Ron Miller uh, wiki page needs to update it because uh, it says here he's the lead designer on Black and White Two, <laughs> and is currently lead designer on Lucas Arts' upcoming Indiana Jones game. Ah, so uh, can't wait for that one. You yep. know, maybe they know something we don't. I mean, you could log in anytime, Henry. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't. You're the only person I. Somebody know tell Ron Miller to update it. I've edited Star Trek wikis before. <laughs> just, with with just qu- with anger. With no, <clears throat> no, with quotes from a book I have. <laughs> uh, the director did comment on this, and he said the following, and I quote: "Hey, I don't edit wikis. I'm cited in them. <laughs> Maybe this will tell you uh, the kind of friends I have who are super retro. But when um, when Starcraft Two came out, the first Starcraft Two. People were more excited about the Lost Vikings, the game being within StarCraft Two, than anything shooter in StarCraft Two. I know there's a shooter called The Lost Viking. Is the game is the Super NES game? In yeah, it? I, well, no, sorry, it is the shooter, but it is a reference to Lost Vikings. Right. There was like the Lost Vikings got referenced well, in StarCraft Two. When wow. you had like when I first started working with you, you gave me some of your music. And um, uh, Creative Assassin gave me all those sound clips, oh, yeah, and yeah. it just like there was so much attention from both of your shares uh, to Lost Vikings, like putting it up there with like Mario World it's and great Metroid. Like, yeah, here's just the same amount of Lost Vikings tracks. <laughs> that, that, like, what did I miss? What like I don't know this game at all. So whenever you guys talk about it, I always find it kind of fascinating. And I have actually seen it in action now. I haven't played it oh, for man. myself, but it, I love it. No, it's pretty like. It's one of those games that, like, oh, that's what every game on Steam is inspired by. Kind of, yeah. It's one of those, it's much like the Metroidvania idea where I'm yeah. like, how are there not, like, 50 of this type of game? Yeah. And maybe by now there are because of so many indie and Steam games. Maybe that they finally did because smaller developers will be like, this is worth doing, whereas a mm-hmm. big publisher may not think it's viable. But, like, th- for years I was like, why aren't there more games like Lost Vikings and why yeah. aren't there more games like Symphony of the Night and Castle and, and Metroid? It just it doesn't make any sense. And then so someone created Steam Greenlight and now they're yeah. Right. So like for years, like Greenlight, like <laughs> Creative Assassin, my friend Josh, who's been on a few episodes of, of VG Empire himself. Mm-hmm. Like for years, it was like if you want to recommend a game, just like oh, it's like Lost Vikings, which happened yeah. like once. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like oh well, then I'm gonna play it because <laughs> I want to play that kind of game. Mm. Uh, he's also uh, not long after Lost Vikings came out was Rock and Roll Racing, as mm-hmm. I mentioned, and Olaf was an unlockable character. No, Olaf powers up. And now Olaf is about to blow. And there's the. Uh, that is, is that? <laughs> uh, and then also, so in the dungeon, can find three very mysterious dwarves called Belog, Eric's the Swift, and also Olaf. So this is from uh, five Austin Wow Easter eggs from Doron's movies uh, YouTube, but they were famously in Wow uh, in an area. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. all three of them look very similar to their design in the Lost Vikings, like with the helmets Vikings. and clothes and colors and all of that. Now in the original game, each of them had their own abilities and specialties. Thus, together they formed like a perfect team. And now in World of Warcraft, their abilities are kind of copied, so they're pretty similar as they were in the original game. Mm. That's nice. Anyway, two more songs from Lost Vikings. These are both great. You'll love them. Uh, This is Candy Area, because after you've gone to a couple of terrestrial things, like, uh, well, there's a spaceship, and then you go into, uh, I think the next one is Prehistoric Area, which the music is just kind of like more of an ambient background thing. And then I think the next one you go to might be the Candy... Oh, I think it's Egyptian. And then Candy, maybe. Who cares? 
It is an area made out of candy. That's, mm. These are my favorite levels, by the way. And you, Just like time travel. The time travel to candy yeah. lands. Yeah. And you I went, travel to a Sonic level. And this is also, it reminds me of all the, there's a lot of goofy death animations in the game. And this stage has like the the most cartoonish uh, aspects of that where you can, inf- you have to get inflated with air so you can float to higher areas. Because mm-hmm. that way characters like Baleog and uh, Olaf can actually go up. Because otherwise mm-hmm. they they can't jump, so they can't get up there. But they can inflate, so they get you know cartoonishly inflated. But then they, if they pop, like their eyeballs will pop out, and they'll be like, and then they're they're gone. <laughs> but it's just funny. Like it also reminds me like their dialogue is very like very snappy, and they like yell at each other and make fun of each other. And then if you try to beat a stage like a dozen times and keep failing, like mm-hmm. there'll finally be a dialogue exchange between them where they're like. Man, I feel like we've done this like a hundred times, and I, I, really, I really don't think we're ever going to do it. And then Eric will be like, but we must persevere, and we must go on. So, I don't know. It's That's cute. pretty awesome. And after uh, the candy area is the factory, which might be my favorite track of the game, because it is the most inescapably 90s song. And if you thought anything Yay. if you thought anything thus far was that 90s, wait do you get a little of this one. Uh, this is Candy Area and Factory from Lost Vikings.
could listen to that song go, all day. Go, go. Uh, I asked you in the break if this was super, if this was the Super NES version because it sounds it's one of the most Genesis y type uh, soundtracks I've heard uh, uh, from a Super NES. It's it's weird that most Western developed music is yeah because I think they were yeah. they were more trying to approximate the music of art. Of the music well, we, on the, the music on the charts, yeah, rather than like making sure. video game music, which well, I think yeah. Japan and, was more committed to. And Genesis, when they would do it, they would, as we've covered on the show a lot, especially in a Road Rash episode, episode ninety nine, uh, they would often go to guitars, which yeah. which Genesis is not the best example of screeching guitars, but, but when it they tried a lot, they tried a lot, and but when they tried <laughs> to, don't try, but when they do dance music mm-hmm. and and avoid that side of the, the the soundscape on the Genesis, it comes out a lot of great stuff. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, the Genesis version of that same song. Though. Ooh, it's a little yeah. faster. I don't like it as much, but get it all in. That's I was just reading Rock and Roll Racing had an extra on the Genesis had one extra track. So there is there's an extra track in this too, but we'll hear it later in the show. Okay. I uh, the what was the first theme we we heard? That candy one. The candy one. Like you may not remember this. When we first started Talk Radar in the second or third episode. That was one of the songs you demand we go into a closing break with, and huh. not. I don't want to get too. Uh, uh, sniffing our own farts here, but but just that, like I'd never heard that before, and I was trying to find the perfect place to end that out, and it was like pretty surreal because not only did we meticulously put the the right music in the right situ- situation yeah. in the beginning, now I don't know if anybody gives a shit right what what sa- what song closes anywhere, it's just whatever you feel like, yeah. but with, like this music has never been broadcast, and we get to do that for the first time. I remember taking great pride in that, yeah. And you were just like the the second or third episode, you were already demanding Lost Vikings music. <laughs> Close this out. Did we talk about candy or something? I, I, yeah, I don't know, but wow. like, because I don't think we mentioned the game that much. But it, like, it was like this and like Turbo Turtle, like this oh, things I never discovered before, and like this would be a good close. Um, and Turbo. of course, back in those days when I was when I wasn't involved with eighteen podcasts, I'd listen to every one mm-hmm. numerous times. I did too. I listened to all the talk radars for many well, years. Well, that was back when you'd only produce like ten podcasts ever instead of yeah, yeah, yeah. one thousand. I'd say at this <laughs> yeah. point. Man, we should add it up. I'm almost at my ten thousand hours. Uh, hey, hey, by the way, the uh, master certified one, master. Yep. One of the few quotes on the Wikipedia page of what people thought in contemporary times was EGM giving the Genesis version of it a six point eight out of ten. Sixty-eight, bro. <laughs> saying, "quote The music doesn't have the kick of the." Super NES version or the truly colorful graphics. I agree. Yeah. It, it's 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 uh, like the main character, the main villain, Tomato or whatever. He's yeah. a different color. Like he's either supposed to be green and he's purple, or purple and he's green. I That's the difference between two hundred fifty-six colors and uh, whatever number the Genesis. I says. think it thousands. Can ha- I, well, no, I think it was it, one thousand. Well, no, it's well, uh, yeah. The palette I think was like the palette was maybe bigger, but the, they, yeah. Was I think on, on screen, screen it only had yeah. sixty-four colors at a time yeah, on a screen, so. and Super NES could do two fifty-six. Um, something All like that. with mode seven, man. Yeah, but moving on into Lost Vikings two, mm. this I never played. And no, me neither. Which is one of the six. very weird instances, and I almost thought this is like its own subject for a podcast someday of like a series where you were super into the first one, and then the second mm. one came out, and even though you were looking forward to it when it came out, you're like, eh, mm, it, it was. Mm, I don't need to do that. Magazine reviews were so influential. Yeah, that one middling score would be like, eh. Well, yeah, I couldn't. Eh. I. My re- I had no recourse if it was bad and I got it. It was just like, well, I guess I don't get another game till Christmas. Yeah, so, but a game uh, like that might not be a blockbuster. They might yeah. get one copy of it. Yeah, but so Glenn Stafford did the Super NES version of the music. The game itself, uh, it's 1997, so it's a 97 Super NES. Well, maybe that's why I never heard of it because in 90, like in Japan, they were barely putting out games on the Super NES. Like in America, it was Deadsville. Yeah, it was like Kirby and nothing. Like, yeah, like Super Superstar thing was like late '96 or maybe '97. Yeah. And Tetris Attack was pretty late too. But like this showed up, and it's like like Super Godzilla was in '98. But like that was more of them trying to get on the Godzilla money train of the movie, which was both awful. The, the Game Boy money train was version not. came out way later, didn't it? Yeah, but it's a port of the. Yeah, first still one. like, but like in the 2000s though. Yeah, it I came think. out in 03. There's these stories of like of uh, Blizzard releasing like uh, flash-based demos for GBA huh. ports, which hmm. is, is wow, odd no. to think of as old yes. at this point for GBA ports. Well, 2003 in my mind is still very recent. It is not not, not 13 not. years ago. I can't get far enough away from 2003. 9/11 is 11 years away. <laughs> <laughs> I need to take a nap. 
so the game added two characters, Fang the Wolf and Scorch the Dragon? Mm-hmm. I don't... Uh. So <laughs> the idea is also they dismantle a robot after they're kidnapped this time and attach the parts to their bodies, mm-hmm. which I think is supposed yeah. to be an intentional... That make, feels like a joke. Yeah. Making fun of X-Men and the 90s cybernetic stuff in general. Oh, but that mm. cover, though. The cover of the second yeah, game, very it's, CG. It's very ugly e- CG. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowhere near the cool art of the original, like pencil. Oh, it them trying... from the makers of Warcraft. Yeah. So oh. by the by this time, Warcraft One Orcs wow. and Humans is a pretty big success, and I don't know. If, I think Warcraft Two might have been out by now. Well, also by this point, like Starcraft sixty four isn't that far away. Yeah. And well, everywhere but the SNES titled Norse by Norse West. Norse the by last Norse time West, a game yeah. would have a silly subtitle in <laughs> yeah. the history of anything. Yeah, so there is I like, know, I think, Bubsy <laughs> taught us all. Oh, well, Ratchet and Clank, mm-hmm. all of them. Oh, my God, you're right. Yeah, those, are, those are penis puns, usually, not references to old films. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. I see. I thought it was referencing the hot Austin-based <laughs> convention. Um, but... I, again, I didn't play this and therefore didn't know much about the music, so I looked it mm-hmm. up and found a couple of songs that people tended to gravitate towards, mm-hmm. and I did like them, so I wanted to play them. Uh, again, this is Lost Vikings 2, Glenn Stafford. Mm-hmm. Um, Smuggler's Cove, not the bar in SF, which yeah, is... Yeah, lo- lovely if you got a lot, a lot of time to wait and like a lot of a, money to burn. A lot mm-hmm. of time to spend and a lot of about $100 worth of drinks, but uh, mm-hmm. the literal best rum-based drinks you'll ever have. Insane mm-hmm. drinks. I love them, but... Can go there like once a year. Yes, once a year uh, so. Smuggler's Cove, a typical piratey tune. I'm kind of surprised it never goes off the rails and becomes mm-hmm. 90s because at this point, it's funny, that type of 90s dance music mm-hmm. is over. Yeah. And now it is very Prodigy and yes. Future Sound of London. It's a completely uh, different dance mm-hmm. techno scene. And they just, I guess they just didn't Britney really touch Spears it. is like a year away. Yeah, a uh, year away. Um, after that is a song called The Future, which I think is everybody's favorite, and I really did like this too. It's very late in the game, I believe. Uh, very intense and great, and it's you know much more typical dance music. Um, but we'll do Smuggler's Cove and The Future from Lost Vikings 2.
Man, those drops. <laughs> the, that's so good. Some heavy, heavy, diabolical <laughs> uh, <laughs> Man, I should have played that for him in Tokyo <laughs> Elevator. <laughs> Could have been a different world. <laughs> When he wouldn't yeah, let me call it VGM. Still, that's really interesting. Uh, that's really interesting, just because it started out super Gennaro. Yeah, and uh, took took some chances with some SNES audio. I guess you have to with that late in the mm-hmm. that late in the yeah. cycle. By that point, you have you'd have the tech pretty mm-hmm. well figured out, so you'll know yeah. anything you can do. Yeah, it. I was uh, this a couple nights ago was probably the first time I ever really heard that song mm-hmm. and paid attention to it. And I was like, man, this is great. Like. I don't know. I'm guessing the ga- the game itself, the gameplay, you still sure. only have three people at a time. So even though there's five characters, mm-hmm. the gameplay itself isn't all that. The the Vikings have a couple new abilities, but the yeah. core idea is the same. I got to think that, it, you know, Blizzard is so tongue-in-cheek when they want to be that I feel like giving them cybernetic enhancements and yeah. animal friends is a total... Oh, yeah. Is, is a joke, but also a thing they did. Like, it's not... <laughs> they didn't joke about doing it. They did do it, but they... They make it an obvious joke. Core gameplay mechanic is total joke. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what's interesting to note is, I think, I guess, based on emulation or, I don't know how this happened, but there's several YouTube versions of that future song mm-hmm. that the sound is at like point. Oh, it's yeah. it's slower. But when you like all dance songs, if you slow it down, it becomes like way cooler. <laughs> It feels like I'm buying ecstasy in that club from the original Matrix. Right <laughs> before my eyes are open. Follow the white lab. But it's just a different feeling to the same song. Mm-hmm. Um, also wanted to point out... Uh, always had problems emulating Interplay's music. Clay Fighter really messes up. Oh, too. yeah, the Clay Fighter <laughs> song, yeah. <laughs> Clay Fighter. <laughs> Kick him, stop him, they don't care. Uh, the Smuggler's Cove song does show up in Heroes of the Storm. Does it? Uh, because I don't know enough about the game. Uh, I don't know exactly what's going on in the game. It's when you like, go to a certain area, I believe. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm sorry. We are really not. Yeah, we're the wrong oh, people to talk about well, a MOBA. So that's the piratey song we heard from before. It's slightly remixed or, you know, remastered to have a little bit different instrumentation. Ooh. I, I, again, I don't know MOBAs that well either, but I think you, you play as all... All three Vikings are one character. Oh, they're the hero unit? Here. I think so, yeah. They make for one hero unit. And it's really it's really neat. And I, I have to wonder how many... There has to be at least one or two Lost Viking games we never saw that Blizzard made. They're yeah. that type of company with stuff no. they've never unveiled and things that they were working on. They're a, a small thirty-man team just it, did yep. it, and they're like, "So, Lost Vikings three, and like, can now we, pass." Can yeah. we charge people for that uh, when they bought the game a year from now? Uh, what is this? <laughs> is this is this a MOBA, free-to-play shooter, an open-world experience? Yeah. No, it can't be that and be Lost Vikings. So I, I can see Blizzard not taking a huge interest in it. It's just so weird. Like they're making, they have so much revenue. It's like. Just take, but all, all take the, like take two million dollars and go make a great <laughs> go make a great Lost Viking. But all the revenue is based on on games that aren't like Lost Viking things I know, that they I continue know. to yeah. charge for, and mostly most of them free to play now. But it's like it could just by default become the best selling Lost Vikings game of all time, <laughs> like because wow, these characters yeah. have, probably have more clout now because people might yeah. go, oh those guys who keep showing up in all the Blizzard games I like, yeah, they like, got their own game, how cool! If they, if they were playing <laughs> it right, off. like, like yeah. remember. We were how excited I was when Epic Mickey was coming out, and they were rediscovering Oswald. Now you go into uh, yeah. a Disney park, and it's like Oswald's just a regular character. Yeah, um, it doesn't feel special now. Yeah, well, it doesn't feel for, special now, but it, like kids know Oswald by name, and I yeah. think some like some Blizzard fans might feel the same about Lost Vikings, despite never having experienced one of their ah, games, which they can for free, I believe, on Battle BattleNet, right? Yeah, it was at least on BattleNet or, or something like that. Because yeah, it's, I, it was a free thing on BattleNet for signups, and you just need to load up a little DOS box to give it a play. Mm. And uh, I never. There are other versions like Amiga and this Genesis version. Version, um, Those are but, so gross. But I didn't play them, and I, I listened to some of the music, and they're all, I think, just riffs on the Super NES one, sure. which is everyone generally views that one as the lead one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's really the show because there's only those two games, and I think there is like a Saturn or PS1 version of Norse mm-hmm. by Northwest, but it's not. The, that really should yeah. be on the Wii U eShop, like the Super yeah, NES well, one. Yeah, I don't know why they're not. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, I can no. see Blizzard, Blizzard and or Activision just isn't interested in the Wii U at all in yeah. general. Like, well, it's not even on Wii. Like, no, it wasn't. Yeah, which you which, figure if they would have done it, yeah. they would have done it with the Wii. Yeah, and that's what I that that tells me like. 
there's something going on because yeah. I know it could be Interplay owns that version of mm. it, mm. and like they could. Blizzard owns Lost Vikings, but not the Super NES ROM I mean, of it or whatever. Sure. Up until very recently, we weren't able to play rare games. Yeah, you know, like super, like any game that was a Nintendo exclusive or released on a Nintendo platform, you're not allowed to play that version on anything but a Nintendo platform. I guess it has Interplay's logo in it. Maybe when you turn you it, take on. that out. All they did was distribution. Yeah, but as right, I but recall, can... a Breath of Fire game on Wii U as a Square Enix as a SquareSoft logo. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, because that's 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 all fine, but it, it, it's like because there's no legality contested there. It's like uh-huh. no, Capcom owns Breath of Fire. Square just published it in the '90s, so mm-hmm. we all agree. Like, who gives? Like, who cares? Yeah, it's like <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, Square. I'll take further, you out like, for lunch. Yeah, like it's this is Squaresies. Yeah, there's no there's, there's no, a picture of a logo that isn't even yours anymore because mm-hmm. you're Square Enix. So, yeah. so it, it it seems to me, yeah, that it's like. The legality of the Super NES ROM is in question, yeah, or yeah. some kind of nebulous thing. And then two is not hot enough to bother messing with to begin nah. with. But that's the show. Thanks for listening. Uh, VGEmpire.com, VGEmpire on Twitter. Uh, most recently, we also did a Splatoon episode, so uh, go check that out. I was really... You're not squidding. I'm not <laughs> squidding. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> ink or sink? Um, uh, yeah. Well, also, Chris, <laughs> what uh, isn't there a Laser Time podcast? Indeed, or there's a new episode of Laser Time. It's up very right musical. Now. Um, it is very musical. It is the worst Disney cover songs, and uh, yeah, lots of cringeworthy music Ooh, from uh, yeah. Miley Cyrus, Gene Simmons, um, <laughs> Real Big Fish, the worst. Um, <sighs> Smash Mouth, Lou Bega. It doesn't oh. end. It oh, doesn't. the Lou Bega one. I know that one. I yeah. played it on an old episode of TV. Uh, because it was one of the only songs ever exclusive to a Uh, CD-ROM and you could watch Lou Bega dance around with Mowgli Uh, why am I Baloo and King Louie what wasn't it and weird the new live action movie looks hot. Wasn't it weird to see Bill yeah. Murray's voice coming out of Baloo? It's just, nah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm very uncomfortable. Even if this movie's good, I'm very uncomfortable with the idea of like yeah. this, this million dollar IP renewal that Disney's <laughs> doing in advance and really... Because they're not—they're not adapting the Jungle Book. They're adapting their own movie, which yeah. they, which I'd be much happier watching. It's just the Jungle Book some more. But anyway, yeah. if you like hearing us talk about things from the early '90s, like we did on this episode, you'll like Talking Simpsons. This is the true chronological yeah. exploration of every episode of The Simpsons, starting from the beginning. We are reaching the end of season two. It's been a good time, which is in the but for the early next five 90s. years, we should remain in the '90s, I yeah. believe. If we won't five be in, years. Like we won't be in 1995 till 20. 18? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a while. Ah, but uh, but it's a good show, as is 302010, where we cr- uh, go through the pop culture history from 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago. It's very entertaining, including video game talk in there. Yeah. And I may as well mention Cape Crisis, my comic book podcast, which I'd love for you to listen to. Mm. Yeah, tell a friend, give us a like or share on Facebook. Yeah. Facebook.com slash laser time show. And we also have Cheap Podcast, the pro wrestling show, where you can get all your Daniel Bryan news, uh, the number one source for Daniel Bryan information. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we also have Video Game Apocalypse, the weekly video game show where we talk about the current events of video games in general. Uh, oh, take it's a- all brought to you by yes. Patreon.com slash LazerTime, the easiest way to directly support us and paying our rent. And you get stuff in return. So uh, check Lots out some, of bonuses. Some of those tiers and bonuses, uh, they're good for you. And they help the shows. Uh, taking us out is that aforementioned different song from the Genesis version of mm. Lost Vikings. Uh, composer Matt Furness. Uh, it's a song called The Great Factory. And uh, it's not particularly, you know, I usually try to end with a credit song or <laughs> something like that. This doesn't have that feel of like, ah, resolution. It's just another great dance song. So we'll go out with that and we'll be back pretty soon with another episode of Each Empire. Empire.